Well, welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Tim and Jesse Check, who are part of our church. And uh, Jesse is our worship leader and helps organize all of the worship ministry of our church for the music portion of our of our church uh, and helps her husband with the discipleship ministry. Tim is one of uh, one of our teachers, helps out with the teaching ministry, and is heading up our discipleship ministry. And so they're a great asset to our church. And today I wanted to ask them to come on and talk about worship with us and help us to have a better understanding of worship. So Tim and Jesse, thank you so much for being a part of this. Thanks for having Absolutely. us. Taking time out of your incredibly busy days. I know you, Jesse's basically unemployed now. She wrote this book that was <laughs> pretty amazing. Uh, I just interviewed her dad, and so she's basically unemployed now and right. has nothing to do. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Twiddle my thumbs. Twiddle her thumbs. Play golf every once in a while. That's right. We'll have to have you on sometime and, and talk about your personal story a little bit. Yeah. Because that would be interesting and hear about the golf. Tim's not very interesting, um, but, nah. you know, no, he's, he's interesting too. We'll yeah. talk to him as well. Well, uh, I was a worship leader for years and led music for years. And it's something that's important to me. It's something that matters to me. And then when God brought you guys to our church, I was super excited because I felt like not only Jesse is is the one helping out with a lot of it because uh, of her musical ability, which is a huge asset and such a blessing to our church, but also your heart for worship. And then uh, Tim and I and you, we've all talked a little bit about this. And so I was like, let's get together and talk a little bit about this. So, so here's what I want to do. I want to start super basic. With, the, with answering this question, what is worship? And I'm going to kind of hand it over to you guys and yeah. see what you have to say about it. Great. See if you get the answer right. That's right. Yeah, There's the right answer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that's the thing about this, this topic is it's so multifaceted and so diverse in, in its expressions because, you know, you think it's easy to think about worship and say, oh, that's the 10 minutes we spend singing on Sunday mornings that's that's quote unquote worship, right? And then, then there's the rest of life, you know, because it is worship, right? Or supposed to be. It doesn't not necessarily that it is, yep. but it's supposed to be, right? And that's part of why we're here is to say like worship is so much bigger than that. Worship is, um, I like to think of it first and foremost um, as like a, a a calling of attention in a way, um, and. We've kind of had a cool little word picture. Do you want to share that real quick of yeah, what that looks like? Yeah, you know, like? we were at a friend's wedding about a month ago, and was ta- we were talking to one of my high school teachers that was there. He's a worship leader as well. He teaches chemistry at the school. And we just talked for 45 minutes about worship. And one of the things he said and when he describes it is this image of when he's teaching a class. He walks in, students are milling about, doing their own thing. And then there's a moment where there's a call to attention, where he says, attention students, you know, this class is going to begin. And I think that's part of what worship is. It's it's our turning our attention, our hearts towards the Lord. Yeah. And yeah. I, I love that. Go ahead, Tim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think you can put more theological language around it. Yep. Um, and, and Jesse kind of came up with this this definition that I really liked. It's um, It's a response. Worship is a response to the revelation of God. So God is, God the Father is not seen. We can't see him and, you know, go next door to his house or something like that and, and see him physically with our eyes. He's been revealed to us in a, in a myriad of different ways. Um, first and foremost, his son Jesus mm-hmm. is, a, is the perfect um, reflection of God the Father. Um, revealed to us in his word, revealed to us um, 
through the Holy Spirit that lives within us when we become his children. And so when God is revealed to us, we get to see him for who he really is and it necessitates a response. Yeah. You can't you can't just passively observe the sovereign of the universe and be like, meh. Yeah. You know, it just it it just can't happen. Um and I don't I don't want to discredit what happens on Sunday morning at all. Because right. that is worship. But sometimes I think the trap that we almost unintentionally set is that we call it this is our worship time. Mm-hmm. This is our worship service. We have a worship set list of songs. Um, we, we have, uh, it's our worship ministry. It's, we use this word worship uh, a lot of times kind of referring specifically to that, which I think can be a little, it, it could trip us up a little bit because worship, worship is about more than just the 20, 25, 30 minutes before the preaching starts. Absolutely. So, so talk to me about what does it mean then to be a person of worship? Because you, you've already kind of described what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, how then should we be people of worship? What does yeah. that look like? I like you know what Tim was talking about with that revelation and response. I've I've meditated on this and thought about how if that is is part of what worship is, then that can be applied to our everyday life. I think it's Romans twelve one talks about. Um, living our lives as as a sacrifice before our bodies as a sacrifice before the Lord, and this is our true and proper worship. So I think it goes so far beyond the box that we often put it in of Sunday morning worship um, and music. And I think it is truly in our day to day life when you're doing the dishes, when you're mowing the grass, when you're you're doing other things. Can we stop and kind of turn our attention to the Lord and meditate on who He is, the truth of His Word? And then let our response come out of that. Let us let us say to him what's great about him. You know, whether it's in a prayerful way, whether we do sing a song, a new song from our heart. Um, but I just think we can take it outside of that box of the Sunday morning thing. Worship is not just music, though, is it? Right. So it, it's it's a response. We talked about that. But but how do we worship? What does it mean to be a person of worship? Yeah. Well. Why don't you start yeah, so I think we can take it outside that box. I think Romans talks about us offering our bodies as a living sacrifice and how that is true and proper worship. I think we can worship when we're doing everyday things. I think we can worship in any moment where we turn our attention and our affection to the Lord. Um, I think about in Revelation, it talks about how there's angels before the throne of God that are that are bowing before him saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I really think what's happening there is they are getting another revelation of who God is, his majesty, his glory, and they're just falling on their face and they're saying he is holy. And that's the only thing they can say. But that's just happening continually. And I think in my mind that makes me think, wow, this is so much bigger than the Sunday morning 20 minutes that this can be a lifestyle of worship. Right. And it's it's not practical to for us to be on our faces 24 hours a day because the Lord has given us lives to live and work to do and, and people to love. And, um, but it's in all of those things that, that we worship. It's, it's the posture of our heart yeah. as we do those things that says, God, I'm doing this for your glory, washing the dishes, going to work, loving my family. This is, this is all for you. First uh, Corinthians 10 31 says, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Um, so what's actually true is, is we're all worshipers. We all worship all the time. Yeah. Anyway, and that's a scary thing because then the question is, if I'm not worshiping God at at some point in my day, what am I worshiping? Yeah. 
And am I worshiping um, money or wealth or like just chasing after um, success or, or building my kingdom or uh, trying to get ahead of the other guy or what is, what's really at the core of my motivations? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it for the glory of God in, in all that I do or is it, um, am I worshiping essentially myself? That's what we most commonly do when we're not worshiping the Lord. So how do we how do we develop that habit though of when I get up in the morning, becoming a person of worship? Because, the, quite frankly, we we do we put worship in the context of a Sunday morning. So it, which which I want to talk about that in a little bit. I want to talk because I do think that's a a great reset mm-hmm. of our week to kind of refocus that heart of worship. But when I get up on Monday morning mm-hmm. and I'm getting out of bed, how can I be a person of worship Monday through Saturday as well? Yeah. I think there's, there's really practical rhythms that we can build into our weeks that, that really turn our attention to the Lord because, you know, left to our own, I don't wake up every day saying, man, what an awesome day to right. serve the Lord. I just can't wait to do everything I can for the glory of God. That's just, that's just sometimes well, I'm tired, you know? If we're honest, and, we, most of us wake up every morning and the first thing we do is we pick up a phone. Right. We start scrolling Facebook right. or... <laughs> not TikTok, please, uh, <laughs> but some kind of social media or right. email or something, right. and we just, our minds immediately go to other things. Yep. Yeah. And it's, so there's some sort of discipline involved there yeah. to say, like, I've, I've heard uh, one preacher say, uh, no Bible, no breakfast. You know, it's like, and it's not some sort of, like, cruel way to, to starve yourself, but it's, it's a way to, to focus our minds first to say, the Word of God is is going to feed me spiritually, and I need that yeah. to worship throughout the day. And so, first thing I'm going to do is I'm gonna, I have to be at work at six. I'm going to get up thirty minutes earlier than I need to get there, and I'm going to read the scriptures. I might not like it every day; mm-hmm. it might not be fun, but I know it's the Word of God, and it's going to feed my soul and allow me to worship throughout the day. And so, I'm going to do it. Well, and Jesse, it's interesting. He said it's a discipline, and we talked about this a little bit the other day. It's a discipline, not an emotion. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the emotional act, because worship can be emotional, but it is not by definition an emotion. Talk to me about the role that emotion plays in, in worship. Sure. Uh, Tim was just talking about um, that we're all worshipers. We're all worshiping something. I think about kind of your, your traditional middle-aged American guy who's just passionate about football and is watching NFL football on Sunday afternoon, and, and let's say they're at the game, and they're standing, and they're cheering, and they're raising their hands, their affection is invested, Screaming, yes, you know. yeah. is invested in what they're passionate about. I think the, tr- the same thing is true about our walk with Jesus. I think as we turn our attention and our affection towards him, and we begin to worship, we begin to tell him what's great about him, we begin to give him recognition, thanks, and praise, we even ha- repent, you know, all those different things that can happen, I think the only right response is for there to be something coming from the inside of us. It doesn't mean you have to cry every time in order for worship to be taking place, but I do think there should be somewhat of an emotional response. Like you said, not led by emotion, Mm -hmm. but I think it should be part of the overflow of our being, our body, soul, and spirit, turning our attention to the Lord. So is worship initially, at least, a, a... I don't want to use the word intellectual because that makes it seem more of a 
biological aspect, but but at some level, it's an intellectual action of I'm intentionally ascribing worth, I'm intentionally recognizing God mm-hmm. for who He is, and the emotion is that which follows up on the heels of that. Is that an accurate assessment of that? I think so. I think it's, I love the word treasure, mm-hmm. to treasure something or someone, like, as my wife, like, I treasure you because I, I love you and I like want the best for you and I uh, just adore you in in a in a way that it's not just a checklist. It's right. it's not just okay, well, because I love my wife, I'm gonna do the dishes and, and feel grumbly about it all the time. Right. Um there the treasuring of something inherently affects my emotions. I if it doesn't, there's some sort of disconnect there. Some yep. people aren't very emotional, and, and that's okay. But if you're going to the football game and you're just getting – you feel on the inside so fired up about whether it's football, fishing, like making a hole-in-one. You know, like there's certain things that – what is it that gets you just fired up? And then say like, okay, I'm, I'm an emotional being. I have emotions. Right. Even the negative side, anger, sadness, lament. Like have you ever felt just that – the pressure on the inside, your emotions welling up in some way. Um, there's a reason behind that. Mm-hmm. And and then we can take that and say like, okay, how much more should I exalt the king of the universe with my emotions positively, be angry at my own sin with with even more gusto that that puts all of my emotions in perspective to say like, Hey, let me let me get most excited about what really matters, and and negatively, emotion wise, the same way. The, the the struggle then I think for some people is that they say I struggle to worship God because I'm not, uh, maybe I, I don't have that emotion. Or I just I'm just not like that. But but they do get emotional about maybe the Packers, or they get emotional about their Harley, or they get emotional about something. Which would imply then that the reason maybe we aren't finding that emotional response or that joy, which could be something as simple as just joy, just Mm -hmm. enjoyment. Um, Like, why don't I enjoy reading my Bible? Why don't I enjoy spending time with God? Why don't I enjoy church? It could often be because it's just I have not taken the time to invest into understanding that and getting to know that. I I never really, and, and Jesse, you may not, you'll be shocked by this, I didn't love watching golf. (laughs) <laughs> but this year, I started picking it up because so many people in our church play, and I was like, I want to get back into playing golf, and I've started to love it. And so one of my favorite things on Sunday afternoon is to watch golf because I started, I made the effort to get interested, mm-hmm. and it became something I really enjoyed following. Yeah. I think as Christians, when we say, I struggle with worship, we're really revealing a lot about ourselves in that statement. Mm. Yeah. Because it's, the, the Scripture is, you know, where your treasure is, their heart yeah. will be also. And it's when you put in the time, you put in the, even just the the turning of your attention and say, Lord, I don't have a lot to give right now, but like, you are good, you're faithful, you're holy. These are all the things that are true about you. When I, when I treasure the Lord, my heart will follow. The emotions will come around. Yep. And, and the same thing is true with, with everything in our lives. The more time and attention we put into stuff, then our hearts and our emotions follow and, and grow accordingly. So Sunday mornings are a good reset and a good practice. They're, that, 
that time in particular where we're all involved in an action. So I know preaching even is supposed to be, it's supposed to be an involved process. Like you're, I'm presenting, you're receiving, you're looking in your Bibles, you're underlining, maybe you're taking notes, and that's interactive in that sense. But the music portion is a highly interactive because we're doing it together. It's We call it corporate worship. Mm-hmm. So why is that Sunday morning practice so critically important for, for the rest of our week? I think one thing is that it's just a concentrated, focused time of doing that. There really shouldn't be other distractions around versus in your your day-to-day life, there's just a lot coming at you and notifications and job responsibilities and those type of things. So in a church setting on a Sunday morning, I think it is, it naturally lends itself to being able to focus in on that in that way. Um, And then I think that as we, I I think one of the things I want to talk about is that it is not, I think you can be in a Sunday morning service singing a song and actually not be worshiping. Yes. And I've done that myself where you just, you're like zoning out. You're, you know the song well, so you're kind of just singing it. Or maybe you don't know the song, so you're not engaging in the same way. Um, and that's where I think we can we can learn to understand that this is, this is not just a physical act. There is something inside of us that's happening where our heart, our spirit, is communing with the Lord, is turning to attention to Him um, and worshiping Him. Because it's what it's not is, is just singing the song and doing this with your hand yeah. you know it's not like that is worship i think we can worship silently too so but, but let me let me pose this to you um i i say this i'm gonna I'm kind of a metaphor or an, an illustration i let's say that i can't sing like mm-hmm. like not even that i think i can't and it's some false humility but like legitimately i have a terrible voice let's mm-hmm. say i'm that guy that's just like it sounds awful <laughs> nobody wants to hear me sing kind mm-hmm. of kind of a thing and we look at worship as singing Right. It, it, that's like if if I'm singing, I'm like you just said. That's not the case, but we tend to think mm-hmm. if I'm singing, I'm worshiping, and so we. I'll be here and I'll be a part of it, but I'm not gonna sing because I sound terrible, or I'm not gonna raise my hands or respond physically in any way because it's just uncomfortable or something. How, how do you help? What do you say to somebody that that because th- those are legitimate kind of things? Totally. I grew up in a culture where raising hands and stuff was kind of. Not frowned upon, but it wasn't. Nobody did it. It wasn't really encouraged. Mm-hmm. Clapping certainly was never was never a thing. So, how do you encourage people in that act of kind of using that Sunday morning as the, our weekly reset? How do you encourage somebody in that way on a Sunday morning to still be involved in worship, if that's yeah. the reason or the excuse? Yeah. I, yeah, I would push back against that a bit and say that we everyone can sing. Uh, we were talking this morning about the movie Elf. So Will Ferrell in Elf. Real deep conversations. Yeah, in the no, it's tied in into this. Okay. So it, it's, he says in the movie, there's a girl that says, well, I can't sing or I don't want to do that in front of people. And he's like, singing is just like talking. It's just louder and longer. And then <laughs> and he you goes move your voice his, up and down. Yeah, move yeah. your voice up. I'm singing. And he goes into a very like monotone, yeah. not right. good singing. But I really think there's something to that. I think the Psalms invite us to sing praises to the Lord, mm-hmm. to make a joyful noise. And I recognize that might not be the most beautiful sound coming out of everyone's mouth, but I think the heart posture before the Lord, I think it's precious to Him. Yeah. And I think we can't let that stop us from from making a noise come out of our right. throat. So a couple, there's, there's couple th- things on that too. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, please. Just to say, like, if if you can't sing and you're like, I would like ultimately be a distraction, if that's your mindset, like, the it's so precious to see someone just like bow their head, close their eyes, and like kind of whisper the the words to the Lord 
because it's it's from your heart yeah. and it's it's not necessarily about the words or the the sounds coming it's out of your production. mouth. It's not the production. Exactly. Yeah. And at the same time, there is um, the more we sing, the better we get at it. Um, I think I don't think I used to be a very good singer, and now like after singing in my car by myself and you know just like alone for a while, like I've definitely be- become a lot better. And you know that's not everybody's story, but but I think the more we do it the more you get used to it, it just becomes less awkward, too. Yeah. So if I'm just a gruff old dude that's just like, ah, I just don't like to sing, do I get do I get a pass? I don't think you do. <laughs> I think, you know, back to what Tim You're was talking about. You're so talk- hard. <laughs> I know. I, when Tim was talking about the discipline of just getting in the Word of God, I think that at, the Bible talks about our minds being renewed by the Word of God. And so as we are consuming it and, and reading it and taking it in, meditating on it, I do think there's a transformation and a renewal that takes place. And in doing so, we begin to understand the reality of the gospel and the truth of what Jesus really did for us and what that means for our lives. And if that doesn't move, if, if that doesn't move you to some kind of response of wanting to exalt the one that did that for you, then, then you're just missing it. It's, it's not a matter of um, kind of the like, I'm not going to do this. I, I truly think once you get it, there's no other right response. Yeah. I, I, gr- I heard this um, when I was younger. Um, I heard people say that the music portion of the service is what we use to get people's hearts ready for the preaching. And I remember when I was young hearing that, thinking, oh, that's good. And then the older I got, the more I was like, I don't particularly love that because it almost excuses me to show up not ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important um, because I'm asking all these questions like I have no clue what I'm talking about. Like, this is important to me. Yeah. And I love this because my goal, for for those of you that are listening in, my, my heartbeat really is come to church ready. Like, mm-hmm. be in that spirit of worship. I don't mind people coming in and talking and hanging out and fellowship, but really, when when Jesse or I get up, I'm talking to, to Grace Valley Church in particular, but if you go to a different church, when your worship leader gets up there and, and that countdown gets to zero, it's not time to get ready to worship. It's time to worship. Mm-hmm. Like, it's time to get involved in that and to be a part of that right. and, and for that to last uh, last all week. So, if that's the thought, how can I be ready? What are some practical ways that I can kind of be ready for Sunday so that I can come in in that mindset ready to worship on Sunday mornings? So we have, we've talked a lot about how musical worship isn't the only way to worship, but it is a phenomenal way to worship. And I think for me, one of the, the best ways to come in with a heart ready to go and prepared is to be worshiping throughout the week musically as yeah. well. And so I often have, you know, I, I can do that instrumentally. Not everybody plays an instrument. And so if you don't put music, worship music on as you're doing everyday things, I think there's something that happens when your spirit is engaged in that way um, that then brings you into like the corporate worship setting. And it's just, it's really easy to enter in. Mm-hmm. So that's one practical thing I would say. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that in my house, um, we have these, I have a love-hate relationship with them. We have these Alexas in different <laughs> locations. And uh, one of the rules we have in our house, in particular on Sunday morning, we don't listen to, I don't I don't personally listen to a ton of non-Christian music, but I let my kids listen to some approved, appropriate things. But one of the rules in our house is on Sunday morning, there's, there's no television on Sunday mornings, and there's only worship music that's played on Sunday mornings. Not because not because Sunday morning is more sacred, but but because what we're about to go do is so critical and so important that in our home, 
we only play music that is going to begin guiding our hearts and allowing our hearts to, to enter that posture of, of worship because mm-hmm. it's so important that when we arrive, and I really try to make sure everybody's ready on Saturday nights. I hate coming in on Sundays frustrated or fighting or arguing or any of that. Right. Like, I want to come in really ready to meet with Jesus. Now, mm-hmm. can I meet with Jesus on Tuesday afternoon at the office? Absolutely. Yep. And, and you should, and that's good. But one of the things I love about Sunday is it's kind of that it's it's like an accountability partner check-in where I'm getting with the rest of my fellow believers, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're going to do this together. And so to me, Sunday morning is that time where I, I really try to hone that in and make sure mm-hmm. that... And not just because I don't want people to hear that and go, well, you're the pastor, you're supposed to do that, or you're the worship leader, you're supposed to do that. Like that's, I think anybody, when we come to church on Sundays, would do well. Let's not be listening to... And again, this isn't a legalistic thing. It's not that you're living in sin if you do this, but... I'd rather not listen to Carrie Underwood or Keith Urban on Sunday morning because that's not preparing my heart and getting and, and having that mindset. What what other thoughts? And, and we're going to kind of begin to kind of wrap this up, and I think we can have more conversations about this. And this won't be the last time you guys are on the on the podcast. But um, what are some final thoughts that you guys have that you would say when it comes to worship? I really want people to understand this. Maybe I didn't ask a question before that needed to be asked. So this is the catch all. Absolutely. Well, I have something that, that came to mind when you asked that. Um, I think a right understanding of who God is helps us to engage in worship. And so I like to think sometimes about his transcendence, which is a big word for just his His power, his majesty, his bigness, really, mm-hmm. and his imminence, his closeness, and his intimacy. The Bible all throughout talks about both of those things. We are mm-hmm. ascribing to him his, his worth in an exaltation type of way that he is the king of the universe and master of everything. Um, he is also our father and our friend. And he, in the Bible, talks about addressing him in, as Abba, father, which is, is, means it's translated as daddy, you know? And so there's such a, a closeness and an intimacy there. And so I think that wrestling back and forth of, of both of those things is a really um, powerful way to, to begin to learn to understand how to engage in worship of of him and uh, who he really is. Right. And we were kind of talking about this earlier and I came up with this word picture that doesn't fit entirely but it's like it it's a cool picture. Like Ronald Reagan was president and he was probably one of the most liked presidents of all time and so if if you're like a huge Ronald Reagan fan and like you love what he's what he did for the country and, and say we're back in the 80s and he's He's coming to Lodi, you know, like he's coming through town in his motorcade and he's going to do a parade, wave at all the people. And um, and you're like, you're fired up. You're like ready to go. You get your American flag out and you're like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go see Ronald Reagan. It's going to be great. So you go to, to the Four Corners in Lodi and like, <laughs> you know, here comes Ronald Reagan in his motorcade. You're cheering with everybody else, waving your flag. Like you can think about that as as the exultation of like, wow, this is a person of authority, of power. Um, coming and and we're gonna we're gonna like cheer because because like he's so great you know but then he stops in his motorcade he gets out and he comes sits on the curb right next to you and and he says hey how you doing you know and you're like holy smokes this is wrong right this is like he's the president of the united states you know and and you're like mr president thank you so much um i love what you're doing that you've helped my family we're just big fans, you know, and it's like you've got this this incredible authority and power in a person sitting right next to you, 
and you get to engage with them one on one. And you know, in in the spiritual sense, God is a, is our Father, and yeah. so it's like the King of the universe, but also this this intimate Father that sits with us and, and wraps his arms around us and comforts us when we're hurting and um, and then sends us out and like goes with us the whole time. And so it's, that's how I picture worship is like, I'm going to be with my father and I'm going to tell him what's great about him because, because I love him. Yeah. I think it's phenomenal guys. I, I, I want people to understand too, worship is, um, it's not a chore. It's a blessing. It's an opportunity to, um, share with, in, to, to, to take that time in our hearts. Hey bud, can you switch the camera? Sure. I mean, it's too late now, but, you know. No going back. Um, I'm going to have to be creative in editing this one. Uh, let me think here. Um, one of the things I want you as an audience to understand, if you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on a podcast, uh, I want you to understand that as we're talking about this, none of the three of us are saying that this is, worship is something that we must do, and it's a chore, but we get to. We, in our suffering, in our hurting, in our uh, deepest, darkest times, we get to worship the God who, to, who, who is there with us in those. In our greatest times, when, when, our, when our children are born, we worship Him for the blessing. When a loved one passes, we worship Him because of the blessing. Um, I'm, I'm reading a book right now, guys, uh, about lament, and it's it's a little heavy, you know, to, to yeah. kind of read through it, but, but it, it's caused me to think how much more time I need to spend in prayer, especially in times of lament, mm-hmm. in those times that are, that are hard. And, and, and th- that act of worship is so powerful, I think, even in those moments of recognizing who God is. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you for yeah. doing this and being a part of this. I know I just earlier, uh, but, but you guys are busy, and I'm grateful that you took some time to come and be a part of this. Yeah. And uh, we'll have to have you back on. We'll talk about maybe more of this and, or some other things as well. Um, but we'll certainly try to get you guys back on the podcast, but I appreciate you doing it. Absolutely. Thanks if, for having us. If you have not spent some time in worship, I would encourage you to do so. And on Sunday mornings, if you're a part of Grace Valley Church, we want you to come a few minutes early and be ready. We have a five-minute countdown timer that plays every Sunday, and when that gets to zero... I want our church to be excited about what God is doing. Whether I step up there with a guitar or uh, if Jesse does, we want you to know that we're not putting on a performance. We're not singing for you. We're, we're, we call it worship leading because we're leading you and saying these are the songs we're going to sing. This is the key we're going to sing them in. But we're worshiping with you, and we're engaging in that process with you. And if you're in a different church, uh, if, if you're in a good Bible-teaching church, then, then you have that same opportunity to worship uh, the creator of the universe corporately. But then remember, when you go home and for the rest of the week, you have the opportunity to worship, uh, as Jesse said, when you're doing the dishes even, which I don't do very often. Um, <laughs> I have three kids, though, so that's my, ex- that's my excuse. Okay. But thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time.